Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Mitch, this is Jim. How can I help you? Uh, good afternoon, Jim. Uh, I've been, my wife and I are in the market for some replacement windows. Okay. And I've, I've had uh, vinyl double hung is what we're looking at. And I've had four different bids from four different companies, and they brought out four different windows. And, and I'm confused about how you can compare one window to another or what the right choice would be. And we've had estimates all the way from 28000 to $8,600. Okay. The first thing I will tell you is they're all going to come out and tell you that theirs is a unique special window. And nobody else has that window. And, and the reason for that is they all get with the manufacturers and they have one little thing tweaked on it so that they can say it's only available through them. Uh, okay. And then, and then they're all going to tell you that they're using virgin vinyl. Uh, it, everybody uses the, the the same basic materials, so a discount what everybody's saying on those two items. Really, what you got to look at is how are the corners put together on the windows, and not the okay, glass yeah, part, but on the vinyl windows. Some of them look like they got right. rivets in them, and some of them look like they're welded. Right. All the ones that that they were showing me were the the welded corners. Okay, and that's what I would go with as, as well. Um, and then beyond that, you get into how thick is the glass pack that they put in. You know, some of them have only a 3 8 gap between the glass panels. Others have a 7 8 gap between the glass panels. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but the thicker the, the uh, air gap in there, the more dense air uh -huh. that's in there, the more efficient the window will be for holding out heat. So t you can okay. take a look at that. But I will tell you up front, efficiency of the windows are pretty much dictated by the government nowadays. There, there was a time where you could buy some really cheap windows that weren't very efficient. And some of those window companies are still going out and marketing those windows. And then when they come out to sell you the window to you, they'll say, oh, well, uh, to have the... Windows that meet energy code, there's an upcharge of X. Well, by the time you pay the upcharge, you're up into the same range as, as everybody else who's being up front with you. Uh, right. America's Choice Windows is who I recommend. Okay. And the main reason I do, they do 10 replacement windows for 3680 That's $368 per window. And it is the same window that you'll see other companies trying to sell for that $800, $900, $1,200. And that's the reason you're getting such a price difference. It's how much are they trying to make off the window. Right. Most of the, now, because, most of the manufacturers, you know, uh, you know they, they do sell them at different prices to the different contractors based on how they pay their bills. Let's face it, they're in business. Uh, they got to right. take care of their credit that way. But, um, Beyond that, they're, they're all going to be very similar efficiency-wise. Okay. What about uh, the installation? Is there anything in particular I should watch out for about how the window is installed? Absolutely, and that's where the big difference comes in the service from the different companies. Uh, how the windows 
are installed makes all the difference in the world. Uh, there's some of them who have gotten into the habit of sliding the window not up against the sheetrock when they remove the old one, but actually making the window narrower so it slides into the sheetrock so they can avoid cutting sheetrock on some of the older style windows. Not a uh -huh. good way to do it because then you got all this air pack to do around the window. You want the window to slide in and it slides up against the sheetrock, even if they've got to come in and trim the sheetrock a little bit. Then they should okay. then they should caulk around the sheetrock to the window frame. On the outside, it gets all caulked and sealed up as well. The screws actually go from the jam inside the window straight out into the studs. That's what holds okay. the windows in place. Where the big mm -hmm. difference comes on the installation process, though, is how neat the companies are as far as taking out the old windows. Some companies will go in there and just knock the glass out. Other companies will actually go in and remove the glass and then collapse the, the window frame in on itself and take it out. Uh, some okay. companies don't bother putting any blankets down on your floors inside the home. Others will take the time to do that. So those are the things you want to ask about on the installation process. Okay. But basically, uh, everybody's showing me a similar uh, window. Yep. Probably. And, and the main it, reason it, it, for it, that, there's only a handful of window manufacturers out there. And all the windows are going to be very, very similar. And, and if they all tell me that they are Energy Star rated for Texas, then basically it's this. I'm looking at the same window, whether they say it has these certain channels or this uh, felt uh, lining or whatever. Basically, yep. it's if it's an Energy Star window, it's pretty much as good as the next one. Yeah. Now they they will exactly they will have a rating on the glass, and actually, you know, the more energy efficient the glass, the better. But what you're going to find is uh, about five years ago, the uh, Department of Energy changed the, I think it was the Department of Energy. Anyways, they changed the codes as far as what the windows had to be. Everybody had to step up their windows in order to meet that new code. And so now okay. most everybody's the same. Okay. Uh, I have a, one specific question that uh, one of the companies told me was that their glass was low E3. And he said that it was coated with low E three times at the factory before they made the window insert to put in the windows. Have you yep. heard anything like that, or is that is that really something that they do? All the glass is going to be coated low E. It's going to be low E glass right. uh, on replacement windows. Uh, I'm not sure what the low E three means, but again, there'll be a a uh, tag on all the windows for the energy uh -huh. efficiency of them. Okay. So ask them what the efficiency rating is. Uh, okay. And I, I would imagine everybody left you what their efficiency ratings is, and I'll bet you you won't see a a tinker's darn bit bit of difference in it. Yeah, it's uh, I, I've been comparing those, and some of them are like point one eight, and some of them are like point two one. So it's like three hundredths of a percent of difference in the uh, yeah, the radiant heat that's going to get in the house. Yep, is that enough difference to bother with? Point zero three percent. Nope. Okay. 
because you will not see enough energy savings to ever, if they're charging more for that number, you will not see enough savings to ever justify that cost in your utility bills. Okay. And you said America's Choice. Yeah, you can you can reach them at 214-390-5592. Fifty-five ninety-eight. Okay, I'll give them a call and have them come out and see what they could do for me. Also, already. Well, thank you so much for the information today, Jim. You bet. Take care, David in Denton. How are you today? Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, I just had to tell you something real quick about one of your advertisers. I think you might find interesting. I work for uh, a very large insurance company in the DFW area, uh-huh. and have been. I've been doing it since 2008, and I have collected, at last count, 1,287 different business cards from your fly-by-night roofers that you were talking about a minute ago. I got to check. Oh, up. yeah. That's it, a lot. It, 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 and, you know, it, it, it bothers the heck out of me. And that's an industry that's actually tried several times to get it where it was licensed and stuff because there there is so many scams in that industry. It's unbelievable. It's actually terrible. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay. I'm building a tiny house um, out in an open area on some land, okay? My, I have no trees, no coverage, no nothing around there, but and I don't have a ceiling. I just have the like the cathedral ceilings. Uh-huh. I put the insulation in there, covered the, the ceiling, got the roof on there. Uh, it's a 30-year dimensional shingles, and it is piping hot in there with the air conditioner going. All the walls are insulated. My question for you was twofold. If I took a – would I be better off, or how would you recommend if I took a – I was thinking about building like a false roof over the top, the whole thing, just like put a metal roof on there to – direct the heat away yeah or another company told me that i can take a one inch slats and put them on top of my existing roof and then put another roof over it so i kind of have like a skin vent invent it that way which way what do you recommend to cool that thing down to where it's tolerable well let me uh, when you built that that roof and you got that insulation in it how thick is the insulation? Did you build it with two by fours? Yes, and it's at I think it was R fifteen. Yeah, it's got it. It's 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 it's, it's going to be R thirteen. Uh, R thirteen. Yeah, and the normal ceiling in Texas needs like an R thirty eight, R thirty nine type insulation. So you're just way under insulated. If it was me, uh, I I like the idea that you were going with the uh, one-inch slats, put a secondary roof on top of it, but I would go one step further. I would put a radiant barrier with it. And what the radiant barrier will do is stop the initial heat penetration, and that, I think, will make all the difference in the world for you. So put my one-inch slats, put a rad- just build another roof over it, but put the radiant barrier on it. Okay. Now, would you put the radiant barrier on the underside of the plywood or on the underside of the shingles? Uh, since I'm putting up new plywood anyways, I would put it on the underside of the plywood. Okay. I would I would just use the plywood that has the radiant barrier on it. 
Oh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, now, you, now, you said this is a tiny house. How tiny a house is this? 12 by 20. Oh, that is a little one, isn't it? It's cool. It's, yeah. It's a really, I'm making it kind of like a man cave thing. Uh-huh. So I'm really I'm really happy with it so far. i got an old wooden sink in it, and I'm happy with it. Well, you, you mind if I ask you just a couple quick questions? And the main reason I'm doing this... I was I was telling Brian McFarlane is is my partner. He takes care of all the behind the scenes stuff for the show, and, yes, and I was telling him that you know, Brian, I need a place in Houston because I I come down to Houston a lot. I'm I'm down here virtually every week, and I was I'm seriously considering building a tiny house or a little house, and I, I really hadn't decided what yet. But do you have a washer and dryer in this thing? A single washer dryer. Enclosed unit. Okay. And how many did you set up to be able to sleep? Um, I could actually sleep four. I mean, it would be tight. Okay. But um, I've got the day bed and a fold-out bed, and i got the little loft area. Um, shoot, I can even string a hammock up if I needed to. It's just an old, I mean, it's just a getaway place i right. love it and and you mentioned i know you're having issues with air conditioning but what did you what did you use for air conditioning i bought one of those uh the inside air conditioner the eight i think it's eight thousand cubic foot okay uh, but my problem with that is that you know like in the evening it'll cool it out cool it down but that thing puts off heat yeah so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to build something around that to vector that heat away. Okay. Yeah. Any <clears throat> Would you use a different type of air conditioner? Well, what I've been looking at using is, is actually uh, the ductless systems because I, I would put one vent in the living area and one vent in my bedroom. Uh, and I was kind of, if I do one, I was looking at a loft area as well. And I figured the living room one would keep the loft cool enough because I don't want company to stay too darn long. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> so, you, uh, I uh, that, that, but that would put, you know, because I can have one little unit outside that can mount on the side of the building and then have the uh, the, the vent one at each end of it to, to keep it cool. Well, I thought about that, Douglas. Is it really? Is it? Does it really do what they say it'll do? Oh yeah, I've ha I have a couple of them uh, in different buildings, and they work great. Really? Yeah. Well, then that's what I'll go with. So. All righty. All right. Well, David, I appreciate it. You bet. All Take right. care. One eight hundred two eight eight nine two two seven. I see the the little tiny houses on. TV all the time. I kind of watch, you know, as they're building some of those things, and I wonder why they do some of the things they do. But uh, I, I do find them interesting. I would not want to live in one full time, but for a place you go to every now and then, I think they'd actually be very cool to have. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're even if you're going to it like I do, going to Houston for a couple days a week, I think it'd be it'd be totally fine. Uh, I just find them interesting. Brad, this is Jim. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Jim. Hello, Brad. Yeah. I have a Pure and B home that I did some uh, 
foundation repair on. Okay. And and I had a really poor company come work on it. They didn't finish the job, you know, they and they won't ever come back under the lifetime warranty or whatever. So I was wanting to use your son. And one of the reasons I was interested in you guys is because after the foundation repair, there's other updates on the home I wanted to do, and I'm so scared of fly-by-night contractors that I wanted to go with your family and your structure uh, home improvement. Okay. Uh, the home, they came out, and they used just regular old hydraulic jacks, and uh, I don't see how that is a, uh, how you say, a modern way to jack up a pyramid home. Is that what everybody uses? It sure is. The old way of doing it was actually with screw jacks, old railroad jacks. I remember those with a twist where you twist. Yep. Uh, uh, okay. And so, uh, and nowadays, nowadays we're just using hydraulics. hydraulics? For a little Oh, okay. For a, li- okay. For a little while, thing. they did try using airbags, but the uh-huh. problem everybody ran into with the airbags is one, they would pop all the time, uh, but two, the and this was the bigger problem, as you would put the different loads on it, they would tend to rotate and put lateral loads onto stuff that couldn't take that, and everybody's just found that the hydraulics work so much smoother and and better. Well. The the home was never, you know, raised correctly, and uh, uh, I'm not sure. Well, they put a bunch of uh, piers underneath it, well, some new piers and, and lots of pedestals. I don't know what you want to call them, the concrete blocks or whatever, yeah. and then jacked up. But they never did raise a portion of the home because the ground was too soft. And and they never came back when it had dried out and finished the job. They just you know won't won't show up, won't do anything, and so you know I, it cost me five ten thousand dollars to sue them, and you know how that is. Oh yeah. So so uh, I don't know that uh, the footing around the house. I don't need to be, think it needs to be rejacked. Just the inside of it needs to be finished, raised. Okay. Can that be uh, compensated for. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, yeah, you, I, I'm just scared to death because I spent all that money on, on uh, unfinished work, and my house yeah. looks better, but it, it's not it's not done. Well, I will tell you, on block and base and pier and beam homes, you know, the perim- on a pier and beam home, the perimeter has a concrete beam around the outside, and that's where they can put piers for, for jacking the house up. The crawl space, a lot of times... Uh, you're just adjusting what's already there, or sometimes you do have to install stations, but as as much as possible, you avoid that because now you've got a new spot sitting on the soil versus an old spot that the soil is used to having the weight on it, and they will react differently with the moisture changes. So, you know, as much as possible, you want to avoid putting new spots under a home. Now, with that being said... If somebody just needs to come in and adjust the underside of the home, not install a bunch of new workstations and and all that stuff, uh, you're typically looking at less than two thousand dollars to do that. Well, hallelujah! <laughs> hey, I really appreciate your time. All righty, thank you, sir. Thanks, James. 
Welcome yes, to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Um, looking at doing uh, uh, floors in my uh, house. We've got carpet right now, but we want to do uh, laminate or hardwood. The the real big factor is we've got two dogs. One's 100 pounds, one's 54 pounds, and we're worried about durability. So okay. we want to put down the most durable, easy cleaning, non-carpet, uh, finish we can, and the wife doesn't want tile. Okay. <laughs> it's it's actually very easy. If you'll go by floor and decor mm -hmm. and t talk to them about some of their uh, water-resistant floors, they okay. look great and they hold up extremely well to pets. Okay. And they have two different lines that they carry. Aqua Guard, I think is the name of it, uh, is one of them, and let me tell you, when you look at these, you can't tell that they're not wood. But if the dog has an accident on it, or you spill a glass of water on it or whatever, the floor's not going to get ruined. Okay. Now, with every job, there's a cheap way to do it, and then there's the right way to do it. What's the, what's the right way to put down uh, floors like this? I mean, I've heard underlayment, oh, you don't, you need leveling, you don't need leveling. I mean, I've been shopping around, and I've heard 20 different ways to do the same damn job. Yep, and it all depends on who you talk to. Now, I tell people all the time, uh, there's three ways of doing things, the right way, the wrong way, and my way. Which way do you want to do it? But uh, truly on floors, the right way is to follow the manufacturer's recommendations. And the reason everybody has all these different comments, different floor manufacturers have different recommendations for their particular floor. And unfortunately, some of the installers get in their heads, well, I like the way this one manufacturer does it, so I'm going to do all my floors that way. And that's okay. not right. Some of them do require that moisture barrier foam underneath it. Others require a glue down. I personally don't care for glue down floors on concrete floors in our right. area because we get too much moisture that comes up through the concrete softens the glue and it tends to come loose so i like the floating floors that use the the sound deadening uh foam underneath as a water vapor barrier as well so uh it, it really is just going to depend on the recommendation of that particular flooring that you pick hello sandy how can i help you uh, yes well i live inside the houston city limits and i live in a hundred year floodplain, and have flooded twice oh and before I go with this question, I will volunteer something else. When I flooded during Ike, I was told that flood insurance would give you $20,000 towards raising your house when the previous person, which isn't near what you said it would cost, but it's a little bit of a help. Yeah. Anyways, but my question is, a neighbor who also lives in the floodplain, he had a fire in his house, and it was repairable, but he's choosing to rebuild, and he's brought in about, I'd say, eight to ten dump loads of dirt, and most of that's going to be in the foundation area, but not all of it. Lots of it's in other places. Of course, this concerns me because it displaces more water right. for the rest of us to flood. Is that legal or is that not legal, or what are you supposed to do? In the flood areas, they are not supposed to be allowed to bring in dirt like that. Okay, how are they supposed to do it to raise the, the uh, slab above floodplain? Uh, literally, they have to form up and raise the concrete levels. Okay. 
So so any so even if he was just putting the dirt under the slab, even that wouldn't be because it's, most of it is under the slab, but that's not even well, legal there. If, they, if it's, but part of if it's it, extends past. Yeah, if it's in a new construction area, then I think they can bring in the dirt. But retrofitting inside of a existing area, and you said this was a burn-down house. It's, yes, right. Yeah, they, so, they tore the whole house down, and they're, yeah. Right, and, that, and, that, and I'm bringing this up, though, for, for people listening. Right. Because of, if they're building a house. It, it, my understanding, and I know when all the, the houses I've been raising, we are not allowed to bring any dirt on site okay yeah uh and my understanding is even if you're doing any type of you know reconstruction and stuff you're not allowed to who do you talk to about this to, to the even... city permit office okay i really like this neighbor i really want him to rebuild but i don't want to i don't want to flood either yeah no. uh and it, you know there's there's actually in the permitting department there's several different agencies that you have to go through but if you'll talk with the permit department, they'll refer you to the right one uh, who will be the person to address it. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You that. bet, Sandy. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Pam, this is Jim. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. How can I help you today? Okay. We have bought, Mars and I bought a lot in Porter. Texas, and we're going to build a small 1,200-square-foot house on it. We want to do it with the cash that we have from the sale of our previous home. Okay. Now, they've narrowed it down to two plans, and the look that I like seems to be up on pier and beam instead of a slab, but we really need to build it the most um, inexpensive way. Which Would you suggest a slab or up on the pier and beam? Well, what you're going to find is they both are going to cost very similar because by the time you set the blocks, get the wood that you need for the under slab foundation and all that, or under under the pier and beam part type foundation, you, uh -huh. spend, you spend almost the same amount of money, whether it's a concrete slab or a pier and beam home. The biggest difference that comes into play is the soil type. I really recommend you get a soils test done. And it will tell you whether you should use a, sl a slab or use a crawl space because of the expansiveness of the soil. Follow uh -huh. those recommendations because one may be cheaper right now, but in the long run, if you got to do a bunch of foundation repair, let me tell you, that ain't cheap. <laughs> well, the houses around us right now are all on slabs built yep. probably in the 70s, uh, little brick one-story houses. So um, I guess it just comes down to, like you said, getting the test, huh? Yep. Yeah, because what what what's on the property for trees? Uh, just uh, it's been cleared and there's only oak trees left on it. Okay. Did it have any pines? Uh, yes, I believe in the past it did have pines. Okay. And the reason I ask that, typically the pine grows in a more sandy, sandy loam type soil. Uh huh. And you're subject to less foundation problems with that type of soil. Uh, the black gumbo clay soils, that's where you're going to always have foundation problems. Well, we are, uh, this is up in Porter, you know, so it's got a lot of pine trees up here. Yep. Uh, so uh, I think there probably is sandy soil. It, it is. And so you're probably not likely to have a lot of foundation problems anyways. 
Uh, are you going to build any of it yourself, or are you going to have it all built? Uh, well, we have had a construction company for a number of years, not not recently, but we do know about building, so my husband will want to get some hands-on in there, okay. no matter what. <laughs> so I'm sure he'll be in on it, too. If he's going to be interested in doing any of the framing and stuff himself, I would tell you to go with a, uh, a block and base type home because that's something he can easily do himself and not mm -hmm. have to hire it out. If you're going to go with a concrete slab, then you, you get into not only having to do the concrete, but you got to have somebody to set the forms, do the finish work, and all that. So, uh -huh. uh, you know, I'm, I'm considering building a small house myself right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually considering doing block and base simply because I can do the majority of it myself without bringing somebody in. That's probably what he'll end up wanting to do, and I just really like the look of that. Yeah, they look but great, wanna... and, and in the future, uh -huh. some of the some of the things that make them nice is if it moves, they're easily adjusted and not near as expensive as a concrete slab, and. If you want to move something like a sink, a toilet, anything like that, it's easy to go underneath and move the plumbing. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, it's just one of those things. I like them. I do, too. What do you think about the value of the house is someday for resale? I, in most cases, it doesn't make a difference to people. Okay. All right. Well, that's good information. I was I was leaning toward the pure beam. I wanted you to say that was going to go. <laughs> so I really like that one, <laughs> and I need to convince him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now yeah, okay. you can you can convince him by saying, "Honey, you can do this part yourself." That's right. That will help. It'll save money, honey. You can do yep. it. <laughs> so okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All righty, Pam. Take care. Okay. Estelle, how can I help you today? Hi, thank you for taking my call. I was wondering uh, if you could give me some info on this. I have a bathtub which has rust around the drain where the water drains down, and mm -hmm. in one spot the rust has broken through. Looks like the first layer of the tub, if they have layers, the hole does not go through the tub because I can see another layer. There's not a hole yet. And I went to one of those big box stores, and he told me to use uh, epoxy putty. Would you recommend that? Well, you're going to have to clean up all that rust first before you oh. use an epoxy plumbing uh, of any kind on there, or it won't adhere. Oh, okay. So okay. The, the first thing is to clean it out real good. Use like a navel jelly on it to clean it up. What kind of jelly? What kind? Uh, navel, N-A-V-A-L. Oh. Okay, navel jelly. Okay. Where yeah. would I buy that? Uh, go, to, go to Ace Hardware. Okay, all right. And then... Uh, Rust-Oleum makes a product that will actually change rust f from being a, uh, a material that's growing and expanding uh -huh. to turn it back into a solid. Oh, okay. What uh, is the name again, of that called? You say uh, Rust-Oleum? Yeah, it's a, it's a ru uh, Rust-Oleum Rust, uh, and I can't remember what the rest of the name is. Okay, all right. Just, but, uh, and I could get that at Ace Hardware also? Yes, ma'am. Then you can apply that epoxy on there. Oh, okay. So I need to do some pre-work before I do that. I'm glad I called to ask you that because I thought I could just put this on first. Yep. Nope. It's all in the prep work. Okay. And do I need to, I know this is going to sound like a dumb question, but do I need to make sure it's dried for a couple days or something before I do this um, cleaning out with that uh, navel jelly? It won't take a couple days. I mean, okay. you need to just dry it up. And, and quite frankly, okay. if you'll then take like a, 
a hair dryer or something that can blow oh, okay. air on it. All right. That'll okay. that dry. The nice thing about metal is it dries quick. Okay. Yeah, it said it would dry in fifteen to twenty minutes and hard as steel. Yep. Okay. And do I, uh, if I wanted to, could I paint it or something? You recommend anything like that? They do make products, but you're better off to have that done. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate your time and help. Have a great day. Alrighty. You take care. Bye bye. Yeah, there there are some do-it-yourself coatings that you can use. Deitch coatings make some, but uh, you're better off to have that done. Uh, like a Miracle Method or one of those places can come in and do it. And you will find that those finishes are never going to be as durable as the original, but it will get you a lot of use before you have to do anything else. Bill in Conroe, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Wonderful. Good. I have a question. Well, I have an, an argument going. Maybe you can help me out with this. Um, I have a house. Your, that, your wife uh, is right. You're wrong. It doesn't matter what I say. That's no, just the way it life has is. nothing to do with her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I got a home inspector that came out on a house that's for sale, and he goes through the house, and he comes up with you know his litany of things because they got to make it look like they've done something to get their money. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's saying, well, this is not in compliance with Southern or with, uh, international building code. This is not in compliance with international building code. The house wasn't built under international building code eight years ago. It was built under standard building code. Probably built and, under the Southern building code, wasn't it? Well, I don't know, Southern or standard SBCCI, yeah. whatever okay. that is. Um, he's saying I have to change all these things. And I'm saying, no, I don't believe you're correct. He's not. He, he's not. Correct. I don't know where inspectors get this, but a house that was built prior to a certain set of codes does not have to be updated to meet current codes. Granted, when they go look at them, they're looking at it on today's codes. But when you look at an older home, it's not going to meet today's codes, and you do not have to bring it up to current code. Now, can a buyer say, I don't want it because of that? Absolutely. But right now, there's more there's more buyers than there are properties, so it's not a problem. Uh, but no, absolutely not do you have to bring it all up to those new codes. Okay, because I've been arguing with them, and, uh, you know, I've been telling them, hey, it, it doesn't, you know, if a house was built in 1930, the electrical standards don't meet what the standards are today. Correct. You know, and I can, you know, somebody going to have to go through a house and spend thirty thousand dollars to redo a house, and he's got no answer. But it's like this is what the code is. This is what the code is. Yeah, they they get too buried up in the code. There, there's this there's this other thing called common sense that that, that <laughs> they fail to of. think about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I mean that's. You're, you're telling me what I thought, so at least... Yeah, I have, why, at least why, why is a home inspector looking at it? Are you selling the property? Yes. Okay, do you have a buyer yet? Yes. Okay, it's between you and the buyer at this point. He's out of the picture anyway. Yeah, but the buyer's looking at that thing and going, well, geez, this guy says this isn't right, you know, I'm worried yeah. about that. Yeah. So, okay. All right. I thank you very much. I enjoy your program every weekend. All right. Well, thank you, and I, I I enjoy doing it. Have a great weekend. That's good. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Talk with Susan. This is Jim. How can I help you? Hi. How are you today? Just fine. How about you? Great. 
I have a question. In fact, I was just looking it up on um, Facebook and YouTube last night. I have uh, kitchen and bathroom cabinets that were retained with the home. You know, they're Lowe's, Home Depot, spec home cabinets. And I can't afford to have new ones made. And I've had different people say that you can't repaint that laminate finish on those kitchen and bathroom cabinets and if you do, it's not going to stick, and you know it costs more time and money than it is to just replace the cabinets altogether. There were things on YouTube, you know, how tos and stuff that showed, uh, you know, a, a several processes that you had to go through and different, you know, quality paints and stuff to do it. But what do you recommend? Do you think it can be done and done successfully? What is the finish that's on the cabinets now? It's a pickle pine or you know blonde finish okay so it is a wood finish it's it's not like a formica on there or something like that it's not formica but it's the you know the laminate strips and i'm sure it's not solid but the things that you get like at lowe's and home depot yeah. cheaper end stuff. okay it, but but as long as it was a wood finish on there it definitely can be painted okay because one one Thing was showing me you have to get some kind of epoxy to put on it so the paint will stick and well what what you have to use is a deglosser and uh, basically you wipe that deglosser on you wait mm -hmm. a, a few minutes and you wipe it off again and it takes the shiny finish off so that the paint mm -hmm. will adhere to the the finish underneath uh, so yes there is some prep work you have to do but it, it's really nothing that major and then you can go ahead and paint those type of cabinets. When you paint it, you'll either want to use an oil-based paint or, yeah. a, or a latex that has an acclade in it that hardens like an oil base. I always use oil-based paint. It's harder finish. Yeah. Now, I like the oil-based as well. That I did over uh, oil over water, and I did... Uh, liquid sandpaper and wiped it on and then just wiped it off and it made a tacky, sticky, not yep. sticky, but uh, it made it adhere to it. Is that and that's almost what I'm talking about. There's a product called Peso, P-A-S-S-O, that's a deglosser that you wipe on, wipe it off, and that'll take care of what you're talking about doing. And then you're ready to paint. Steve, welcome to KRLD. How can I help you? Hey, Jim, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. Hey, my question today is, I have a particular room in the house, being the, it's the master bedroom, and for some reason, it's, it's anywhere from, I'm going to guess, 15 to 20 degrees warmer in that bedroom than any other room in the house with the AC on, and I'm wondering maybe you can help me figure out why that might be. That would be a huge difference in temperature. It is, and, and sometimes just to get the bedroom cool, we have to bring the AC to a really cool temperature, and that puts the rest of the house really cold. <laughs> okay. Well, now here, let me describe real quick. I got yeah. a, a single return air return in the bedroom, and there's two vents, but they're at the they're at the entrance of the bedroom, and and the 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 master the bedroom uh, I'm sorry the bed is located furthest from there. But you can still tell a noticeable difference in temperature from just walking from the master out into the kitchen. Okay. And I'm assuming this is on the first floor? First floor. And there's only one floor. Okay. Uh, th there's a couple things that can be causing it. Has it always been that way? Uh, well, we recently bought the home, so I can't 
it's been that way since we've been using the air conditioning. Uh, we've noticed it, but we bought the home in October, and nothing came up in inspection. Okay. And, and, you know, this type of problem typically won't come up in an inspection unless it's the heat of the summer like we're dealing with now. What, what more than likely is the culprit is nothing more than balancing the airflow system. In okay. other words, a lot of times the ductwork has dampers in it so yeah. somebody can choke air or give more air to a certain area. And you, you mentioned something that this is the master bedroom? Yes, sir. Yeah. My guess is whoever was staying in that room in the winter months liked it cooler than the rest of the house for sleeping at night. Yeah. And they got a damper in the ductwork that they were able to choke off the heat going to that room. Okay. Now that it's summertime, that damper probably needs to be opened up so that you get air conditioning back into that room. Is that damper located in the air ducts in the attic or is that somewhere? Correct. Okay. And where you'll normally find it is if you go up in the attic, find where the plentum is. That's the big box that all the ductwork attaches to right okay. by the air conditioner. Yeah. Start following just outside that is normally where you're going to find the okay. dampers. And it's going to so, be nothing more than a, a little lever that can be flipped back and forth. And inside the duct is just a flapper that that moves. Okay. Well, you know, putting your hand up to the vent, you can feel the cool air coming in. Yeah. Now, would, would so the distance between the air conditioning unit and that room would have no, wouldn't have a factor? Oh, absolutely, it would. It would. Okay. But because... for the problem that you described, even though you're feeling airflow, see, a damper is not going to shut the air down completely. Okay. All it's going to do is reduce the airflow. I see. And so you could still feel the cold air coming in. But when you open up that damper, yeah. you get a lot more air coming in, which helps solve the problem. I'll check that. And if it's not that, then it could be that, you know, that, that the whole system just needs to be balanced out. And, again, that deals with the dampers where they're choking off air going into other parts of the house to move it into that master bedroom area. Okay. Yeah, every other room is, is fine. It's just yeah. that master bedroom area. Yeah, my guess is then that somebody choked it off for, for the winter months, and it's time to open it up again. Okay, I'll check it. All righty, Steve. Have a Thank great you, weekend. You too. Bye. Chris, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hello, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. I wanted to get your opinion um, on some of the stained concrete options that are coming out over the last couple of years. We have some uh, – our house was built in the mid-'80s and had some – hardwood floors and some carpet that is, is time to be replaced. And I wanted to just sort of hear what you think about some of this stained concrete. Well, I think a lot of the stained concrete looks great, um, and it holds up fairly well. My only issue with stained concrete is it, it for my personal taste now, it, gives, it, it, it makes it look too much industrial. Okay. Uh, but that's just my personal taste. A lot of people love the industrial look. I personally love the warmth of the wood floors. In my bedrooms, I still use carpet because my toes get cold when I get out of bed when I get on wood floors, and I just don't like sure. that. But uh, the stained concrete options that I've seen, they look amazing. Uh, my favorite one is where you actually go in and grind off 
the surface of the concrete. So instead of it just being a solid gray surface, you grind it down and you've got the exposed rock underneath and then stain it. Uh, oh my goodness, that, that to me that just looks sharp as heck. And for a house, for most homes, uh, what you'll find when you start pulling up carpet and stuff, they just, when they were painting the house, like trim boards and stuff, they laid right. them down on the, the concrete and they sprayed it. So by grinding down the floor a little bit, you take all that off as well. And so you've got a, a really gorgeous floor when it's done. And then you can put rugs down and stuff to accent it if you want. Right. Is there is there any is there any negative that come with the, having a concrete floor, such as you know keeping it cool in the in the summertime or warm in the wintertime? I mean, does does the carpet no. help with any of that? Not a bit. Okay. Now, so, so really, your, it's just personal your feet preference. Will, whatever. Your feet will feel your feet will feel cooler in the wintertime when you're walking on concrete, but right. in, in actuality, it's not. Okay, I, I get it. That's that's one option we're definitely looking at. We uh we have some some pets and some small children, and a lot of times it seems like it would just be easier to keep up with, easier to clean, yeah, um, and that kind of stuff. So the maintenance it seems like it would be a lot easier. Now the one thing you have to keep in mind when you go with the stained concrete to keep that nice glossy polished look, you actually do have to put a finish on it periodically. Okay. Okay. But beyond that, it. It's pretty easy to deal with. Okay, well, very good. Do you have any companies that, that you deal with that do that? Uh, actually, there is a company, Dalworth. They have a division at Dalworth that does that. Really? Yep. Okay, well, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate your time. You bet. Take care. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.